hackingfreemusic.com. Welcome to the Hacking Podcast. Uh, watch out for the hack attack. I told you to watch out. That's a line from The Simpsons. Um, I think like any animation podcast worth its salt, we shouldn't go a single episode without quoting The Simpsons. And this is your solo pod for today. These are the ones where I kind of ad-libbed a bit with some loose notes. This one's going to be more ad-libbed than usual because I'm just very tired and um, I don't want to miss another episode. I want to keep going. Um... But yeah, like writing these essays and reading them out in a very dry way probably doesn't help either. Maybe you're not interested in it. Um, It's very hard when people aren't across from you. You just kind of feel very self-conscious and uh, what the fuck am I doing? So yeah, news first. About uh, things to clean up. Uh, First item on the news. Uh, Melissa was right. Uh, as let me just open this thread if you remember back to our Melissa Malone episode she said that uh, her favorite film was uh, Song of the South favorite animated film song was Song of the South because uh, it's racist and she's a racist no that's a joke Uh, (laughs) but uh, Song of the South um, so you know the you know Disney has finally acquired um, Fox and they're starting their big hegemonic, you know, spreading like a big fucking disease. And they've put out uh, Disney Plus and they've now announced that uh, Disney Plus, for those of you who don't know, is their online platform where they're going to have original content and all your favorites, uh, except for Song of the South and the Jim Crow scene in Dumbo. Um, Jim Crow scene is the... Uh, I think probably my favorite <laughs> song. <laughs> it's annoying when the racist things are your favorite, but um, uh, the Jim Crow scene is where there's a character called Jim Crow, and there's a bunch of crows, and they uh, sing a song saying about how I think I've seen about everything till uh, whatever, whatever until I've seen an elephant fly. Um, gonna play this episode out. I'm pretty sure it's a great song. Um, great bit of animation. Key story point in the movie, so not really understanding how that's gonna be cut so easily. I was wondering how they do it in the live action movie. Um, I guess they just avoided that altogether. Um, it's funny because like I know that they are racist because they're you know depictions of um. You know, like racist depictions, basically, and these like jet black crows. But uh, it, it's one of those funny things where I thought that they were the coolest people ever. Imagine if I was trying to be one of those Dumbo crows <laughs> as a kid. Like, wow, I really want to dress up with a hat that has the the top of it just coming off, and to talk in this weird. Uh, jive cat that sounds like uh jive cat voice that sounds like a white man impersonating a black man um there's some great examples as well there's like there's um this amazing betty boop cartoon where like they have a live action a black man live action black man there's a janitor but he's just so lazy he he can't keep his eyes open at work and then he gets a a magic pen that he creates Betty Boop with and uh, gets her to do his um, chores, I think. And uh, then the other thing is um, she they, they dub over this black man with 
uh, a white man doing like a really you know scooby dooby dumb type voice and uh, I presume maybe it was hilarious back then but you're just like hand over your mouth at this point so um but yeah the the funny thing is that you'll always see in the comments underneath that um actually this was very progressive for the time the uh, hiring an actual live action black you know a black actor was unheard of you would usually have somebody wearing shoe polish and you're just like okay well, i guess that makes it better but anyway um to get back to the point at hand it's a shame that they're kind of whitewashing their own past and this is, you know, the 1984 thing that we can anticipate from now on as Disney amasses its power and collects more companies and um, history just gets erased. Um, so fair play to Warner Brothers for sticking it out. I, I, I was right in suggesting that that propaganda cartoon DVD of mine is probably going to be worth something. So I'm going to fish that one out um, soon. I bet you anyway think they'll acquire YouTube or, or you know, they, they'll, you know, have enough money to get this office that has, you know, kind of devote full time to hunting down these copyright materials. It'd be like that time George Lucas was buying all the copies of the, you know, Star Wars Christmas special, which of course Disney now own and they probably won't show it to anybody either. Okay, um, another thing is this is a shame because I've seen this on um Facebook has kind of suppressed a lot of stuff. The algorithm just does not allow people it used to be when I started the Hackfest back in two thousand and fourteen, I think. Um I think I just sent it out to a few people and it a lot of people showed up. I don't know whether it's because people used Facebook a lot more or I mean they definitely did. But um, event pages and stuff like that it used to be a lot more visible and accessible. Um, and yeah, I mean, when, um, I'll I'll come to it later on. When 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 we were promoting ends meet, um, uh, we had to pay for some advertisements, but we didn't have any money, so we had to be very strategic about it, and it didn't really work in the end because it's like you know. Anyway. The whole thing, the whole this all to say that um, there was a thing that I attended like three, four years ago called Anna Mondays, and I had no idea that it was continuing. It was still on in the Sugar Club. So Anna Mondays is, uh, as far as I can tell, an animation screening. Um, you know, they screen animation on Mondays, presumably. I think they do it once a month, and they're going to be uh, showing. Um, into the Spider Verse on. Let me just check it out. Um, ugh, see, see, maybe this way people don't use fucking Facebook because it's impossible to figure out info and ads. Is that? See, look at this. I'm navigating it now. Can't find it at all. Is there any posts? Like the last post that they've done was Roger Rabbit. I saw Spider Verse was happening. Okay, give me a second. But I'm not editing any of this. This is going to be one like un unedited episode not a not a second touched okay hold on a sec oh well okay it's on today um as i'm recording this april 22nd um which is a shame so if you're there hope you enjoy it um but if not there's probably one coming up so uh get yourself on the sugar club page 
and uh, look up any animation stuff that's happening. But Anna Mondays, I, I don't know where you follow them, I guess, but it's it's great to see that there's screenings and stuff happening. So check it out. That's a note there. That is the news, as far as I can tell. Um, so yes, I'm going to talk about. Um, I guess I want to do some clean up from last week's episode. Um, we kind of kept it pretty civil, talking about ends meet, and then at the end, um, we got down to talking about um the RT player. Um one thing I want to mention that I forgot to mention at that time. I'm very proud of Ends Meet, but um I mean I wouldn't say it in front of Mark because he'd probably be embarrassed or something. I mean I think I was complimentary, but one of the things that I um I think is really important about the series um well not important but um an interesting thing um I remember when I said I wasn't going to edit a second of this, I lied. Um, but yeah, the character of Beezer, I just wanted to get this out there because this is my kind of thought and I had it throughout the series as well, but um, I don't think that the show got a fair plug and people didn't really see it online. So uh, I'm just going to, you know, for all the interviews where I couldn't wax lyrical about the characters, I'm going to try and do a little bit of that now. Um, but Beezer is obviously we called him the median character of the show. He's Sean Og's dad. He's uh, Tony's grandson. He's kind of, uh, I think he's roughly around the age 28 and thereabouts. Uh, he didn't do his leave insert and he's taking care of his kid and he's on welfare. Um, and yeah, like we also said in last week's episode, we didn't want to depict that as being this kind of depressing slog. It's just kind of, you know, it's not an ideal circumstance, but people get on with things, you know. And so um, we really wanted to do an ep- do a show that kind of paid tribute to them, and uh, I think we succeeded for the most part. But you know, um, with Beezer, I wanted to say like there are these kind of um, patriarchal figures in animated TV sitcoms. Um, some of them are very you know there's well you know there's Hank Hill who's kind of that Ireland disciplinarian kind of well I don't say disciplinarian but he's very stern and kind of takes no shit and then uh, there's Homer who's just a dummy you know and uh, and there's Peter Griffin who's just Homer uh, except not as good because Seth MacFarlane's a fucking hack I saw this thing um, with Seth MacFarlane where um, they I can't remember it was on some it was included on some list okay but uh, just an example of how much of just a dullard and kind of simpleton Seth MacFarlane is. Um, they were doing like a DVD commentary for a season four episode or something like that. And uh, you know the way they have those scrolling ads on the bottom like, coming up next, it's, you know, The Simpsons or whatever. So they did a fake one of those, coming up next, it's The Simpsons. And Marge is there waving. And then Glenn Quagmire runs in and starts trying to basically, you know, um, force himself on top of March. And uh, so they were talking about this and it was like, yeah, Fox said this was too far and then we had to cut it. Um, But it's like, they're always making fun of us all the time. I don't see why we can't get a jab in. 
So uh, Seth MacFarlane thought saying that Family Guy is derivative is the same thing as just saying, oh, what if one of our characters rapes Marge? So, yeah, I, I really don't like that man. Um, so anyway, that, 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 all that aside, Family Guy, you know, obviously always been a cheap knockoff, knock um, always trying to be like, you know, fucking honeymooners or any of these other backwards American sitcoms where people are just, you know, you know, old fashioned, but we love them all the same. And why don't I mean, whatever you get what I'm saying? Uh, you have Bob Belcher, uh, who I think is great. And uh, then you have, um, oh, wait, I, I explained all of them, but Bob Belcher, what's he? I guess he's just a kind of man who wants to keep his head down and kind of get through the day. Um, and, you know, all of them are very American personalities. Uh, I guess I just feel that maybe Americans who have um those type of fathers would relate to them so i just feel that the character of beezer in ends me was something that i really liked where he was you know kind of like an irish homer simpson is and he was kind of a bit of a lovable dummy who had you know who had a real hot head and temper but was actually quite soft and could be appealed to he just felt that you know um, he had to be tough, you know. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what I guess what I meant by that. I guess I just wanted to talk about that character and how it was great to be able to depict this character for TV, and um, and hopefully, I don't know, contribute to the culture overall. So there you go. That's my thought on that. Um, I reserve the right to completely be embarrassed by what I said I'm kind of rambling yeah uh, one of the things I forgot to mention for ends meet the last week as well was how we did the promo ourselves um, it kind of yeah like we had somebody in there who was kind of our big champion who was pushing the project forward and then when they left um yeah, things kind of stopped happening for it. So much to the point that uh, we were a week before it and nobody had made any announcement or like made any advertisements or done any press for it. Um, and then our time slot was changed for an hour after we had initially predicted. So again, we were on after The Handmaid's Tale very late at night. Um, but then about a week no, not even sorry, not a week. Uh, the night before the uh, the show was meant to air, they hadn't put out any adverts or anything like that. So I kind of sent a very frosty email, just kind of saying that I was disappointed in this, and I had seen people who we were friends with who had shows that were seemed to be getting way more attention than our one was in regards to publicity. And, um, you know, I d they didn't really respond to it, but they they did kind of, they did get back to my email saying, well, where are the clips? Or we'll put them up now and we'll do this, that and the other. So um, it seemed to you know, give them incentive to put it up anyway. But throughout that period, um, yeah, I suppose we, I think we mentioned last week that they were, 11 minute episodes which were meant to be combined to make a 22 minute episode 
You know what I'm saying? So it'd be like SpongeBob. They'd be two stories, but part of the one episode. But for some reason, they got split up. So they were 11 minute episodes aired at midnight. Or was it midnight? Yeah, it was 11.45 or something stupid like that. And, um, you know, over the course of what would now be um, 12 weeks. So I was kind of taking it upon myself to do the social media stuff for that. So, you know, set up the Facebook, set up Twitter, set up Instagram. Um, and then every week, I I think, you know, on the day of the episode, I would release a clip. Uh, I would release two clips to try and promote it. And then I would try and get RT to share it. Um, but ultimately, RT did not have that much... Um, coverage like as in their online stuff didn't get a tremendous amount of attention or at least any more than i felt that we were getting anyways so i mean make what you will of that um and then yeah it was just exhausting i was working a full-time job and having to do promo for this show editing finding out all the, the one of the most exhausting things is finding out dimensions for every single fucking social media thing because they all have different file sizes and dimensions and lengths that they can be and you got to upload them i mean you know i eventually figured out scheduling and i did that so um you can use TweetDeck to schedule posts um i think a recommended thing is to have at least either something stupid like a post a day or two posts a week that makes sense minimum two posts a week i'd say um I mean, they don't have to be just your amazing drawings. Um, my mum sent me an article. I'm going to read it. Maybe it'll come up in next week's thing. But um, I mean, and I'll, I'll link it below. But the uh, article was the rise and fall of Internet art communities. The opening line of which is today sharing art on social media is like running on a treadmill forever. So, yeah, you need a constant output, apparently. Things need to change. It's exhausting and there's no community being developed. It's completely disposable. Um, but anyway, another story for another time. So yeah, I was promoting it and then you'd see these things like, oh, we're on after the Oscars. Oh, maybe I can use this as an opportunity to do a drawing related to the Oscars and we can get trending that way. And that never fucking materialized. But you'd, you know, we, I think we paid for an ad so that, I don't know, McGregor, fucker, was versing versus Mayweather, so I like put out a clip, um, and then we, we paid like fifty quid. And we had like none of that reimbursable either, and uh, yeah, it was just a fucking heartbreaker. Um, but on top of that, anyway, I started sending messages on to people, and then I sent a message on to Blind Boy, basically saying like, um, here is an episode about mental health. Um, I thought you might uh, share it and sure enough he was like you know oh yeah I actually he actually saw it apparently he, and he he was wondering what it was um, and he said of course I'll give it a share so he shared it and um, yeah we, he shared the episode that was on the RTE player like oh check it out and we got like our most traction for this episode very good episode by the way it's called Madzer's um on the rte player and also on youtube who i can't believe somebody uploaded it i'm so angry at them um but 
Um, and I would really not recommend that you go to YouTube, take that clip and share it with people. Um, but yeah, essentially, yeah. So he, he tweeted it out. We got a lot of traction and then I started scrolling down through the comments and everybody's like, can't look at it. It's geo locked. Can't watch it. What is this geo locked? Can't watch it. Geo locked. Um, so yeah, anybody who doesn't know if you are not in the Republic of Ireland, then you cannot view stuff on the RT player. So um, that was a huge hindrance. It's kind of this weird... I mean, I understand the idea for that because, you know, the BBC are like that as well. But, you know, it's just kind of frustrating. Um it's impossible because the other thing is that I think uh, just before we were putting up they kind of started um, getting rid of their YouTube channel which meant that like you know they I don't think they're even promoting on YouTube so I could be wrong about that I'm wrong about a lot of things um, um, and then the feedback to the show that was another thing um I was like online constantly scouring for reviews and this fucking website called Bubble Blabber, which was like an animation website for I don't know what. I don't know what's happening with it. Um but I think essentially they would just be hiring not even hiring, probably getting like intern positions for writers and just have them on contributing articles about adult animation so the fir my first introduction to them was that they wrote a review of the RTE ends meet series despite the fact that that was geo-locked so what they did is they looked up Mark's earlier shorts and then they said if the shorts look like this then we're in for a world of trouble because these are bad and I was just feeling like what the f so you're reviewing a show that you haven't seen based on the shorts that one person made, you know? Um, like, the, the collective efforts of a group of people. Um, anyway, whatever. You know, you could get that. that the first, Like, even just reviewing something without having seen it is the stupidest thing ever. So, then, weekly, they 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 started to review Ends Meet. Um, I think they were looking for, like, a fucking an Irish correspondent to review it. Um, I, I, you know, you can be sure they weren't paying anybody, but, um, yeah, they got this guy to review it and, um, every single week he would just give these uh, fucking tepid reviews to the show or he would like write up about how the show was brilliant and then the score at the end would be a really tepid score and, um, yeah, it really drove me crazy because, you know, obviously you're doing like the freaking promo. You've been your baby for the past three, four years and you've been like, what was it, boarded on it, animated on it, composited on it. You know, I did a voice in it as well. Um, like I was juggling a lot of roles. I directed, obviously, I directed like six episodes. Um, so seeing this guy kind of be like, yeah, try harder you know um i think he was also you know 
kind of acknowledging why it would be bad but then giving it low marks regardless like yeah i know they don't have a lot of money but like oh yeah that was it he would compare it to like rick and morty and the simpsons which was well like i don't even think he compared it to the simpsons which would be in my opinion probably one of the closer comparisons um like it would just be like well this isn't rick and morty and you're like no it's not um but anyway yeah i ended up creating a fake account and going on there and uh, giving out to him in the comment section and then i forgot the password to the account or something like that so i couldn't delete the comment um once i came to my senses but uh yeah i remember being I think I spoke about it on another podcast I had at the time, which called Cyberpod. So if you care to hunt those down, although I don't think they're online anymore. But anyway, yeah, that was it. It was just a, um, a very miserable experience in the aftermath. Um, I think anybody who's made a film, um, if you make a film, then you're exhausted by the end of it. But if you make a film and you just don't meet that deadline or you fuck it up, you have this mixture of exhaustion and just acute depression um so i remember like i didn't complete my grad film so i was like in fucking bed for a week watching star trek next gen and just you know (laughs) non-verbal um but um but this one was a bit more insidious because like when i was depressed after the film I knew I was depressed whereas um it took me until like about late last year where I suddenly started to think okay thing I I'm suddenly feeling a lot better and like things that are possible now um and I realized it was because I guess enough time had passed from the end of the show that I wasn't like carrying it anymore um so it was a tremendous experience and amazing to be part of it and the people who were incredibly helpful and supportive along the way were invaluable and um made it a, you know a great a great learning experience and then the the people who didn't give a shit uh made it very tough um so there you go i don't know if there was really much to follow up on ends me but i guess i you know remember that stuff so i thought i'd say it um you know email us get in touch info at we are hack com, at we are hack inc on twitter and then um what else to say i think that's it yeah get his on patreon as well um i believe we are we are hack inc on patreon as well a dollar no, it's two dollars, which is the lowest amount. Is that too much? Is that too much for a podcast? This quality podcast where your guy rambles into a microphone? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um. Oh yeah, another part of uh, the feedback twins meet while I remember it. Um. There was an episode, and it was like a flashback episode, and uh, this character gets out of detention, um, and they refer to going back to. Um, you know, regular school life is returning to Gen Pop, which if anybody who's watched the show Oz, Gen Pop is general population. It's kind of a prison term. It's a throwaway line. It's fine. Uh, so this guy like messaged us 
and uh, he gave the show five stars and he's like oh is this fantastic this is brilliant literally about a minute later he was like gen pop what the fuck zero stars just retracted his review so um you know anything that goes out on rte you get like an email somebody going like well montrose are out again i guess they can't make anything that's not a complete pile of shite and uh yeah so uh, that was great again feedback was hard on that show um and the work was hard i mean ultimately rewarding we got something out of it but you know still i love to complain um oh yeah and uh one final thing as well uh anybody I, I i'm always going on about the chapo trap house podcast but um this episode more than ever i think it's well worth um getting a look in on it uh, let me just get the time code again so the in here i'm dying in my apartment i tell you it's i don't know what's happening it's getting earlier every year but also i've been told i sweat profuse like an inhuman amount so um the name of the podcast is it's episode 308 of the chapel trap house podcast there's nothing like dame featuring nick hayes the whole episode is is very good i mean you'd have to be kind of interested in american politics obvious i obviously not obviously but um uh, I I am I watch it like Game of Thrones I'm quite like up on it um but so anyways uh, it's it's a good f- podcast for that they talk about Notre Dame Cathedral at the start it's uh, not for the faint of heart I might say because they're very satirical and provocateur some would even refer to them as edge lord humor but I think they're a little bit a step above that in my uh, humble opinion but anyway if you go to the time code at one hour and nine minutes. Uh, they interview the owners and well, not owners, but like the uh, starter, um, the creators of something known as Means TV, which is being funded at the moment. Uh, Means TV. Let me go to their website and tell you what Means TV is. Um, Means TV. I'm presuming that. Nope. Okay. This is it. I don't ever get tabs open. Why would I do that? Um, so yeah, if you go to means.media, you can learn more about it. Means uh, TV um, is essentially um, um, attempting to make a crowdfunded uh, left-leaning online TV channel that exhibits like stuff that's critical of capitalism um, and... You know, they also apparently are going to be investing in adult animation. So here it is. Let's build an anti-capitalist media institution together. Um, at present, they are only twelve percent of their goal. I hope they make it the full way. It's a lot of money to get, but you know, it's a very noble cause. Um, and it's also employee-owned. So, um, you know. They're hoping to create a TV channel that essentially doesn't answer to corporate interests or doesn't have to compromise artistic license, uh, which is something that happens quite a lot in the Irish animation industry. Um, for you know, for good or ill, you know, um, I know we have like, I mean, in America they don't have um, you know um, 
government funded initiatives for TV. I don't they don't have a film um board, which is a sh- you know, I guess a shame. I mean, it is a shame. But um yeah. I I guess it's it's just an interesting project and again, we're always trying to point to in the way of non-traditional media platforms to an animation routes to show you that, you know, things can be different and should be different. Uh, if you're feeling depressed or despondent about the state of the industry or you're like gearing up to get into it and or, you know, feeling disillusioned or apprehensive about it, it's like there are so many avenues uh, that we have yet to explore here in Ireland and it's great to find inspiration wherever you can. Uh, the animation, it doesn't only have to come from art, it can also come from creative thinking and uh, producing. So uh, this is a shout out to all those people out there who are thinking of getting into that field and uh, don't feel like you are a sellout or anything like that unless you're, you know, going to produce Hasbro shit. Uh, uh, should I redact that? I'm not going to redact that. So, um I mean, not that I have any res- disrespect for anybody who's producing for big companies as well, but um, I, I guess, like, there are ways to be uh, an activist and uh, a money person at the same time. So, there you go. Means TV, it's mentioned on that episode of Chapo Trap House that I, I'll probably link it below as well. I already mentioned them on the podcast. That's why it doesn't really count as a whistle while you work. But uh, that particular section is well worth a listen. Um, And yeah, that's it. Uh, No point repeating about where you can find us. And um, I'll play you out with this classic racist jam from Dumbo. Thank you and good night. See an elephant fly. <laughs> well, I seen a horse fly. Ah, I seen a dragon fly. <laughs> I seen a house fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I seen all that too. I seen a peanut stand and heard a rubber band. I seen a needle that winked its eye. But I'd be done seeing about everything when I see an elephant fly. What'd you say, boy? I said when I see an elephant fly. I seen a front porch swing, heard a diamond ring. I seen a polka dot railroad tie. But I'd be done seeing about everything when I see an elephant fly. I saw a clothes horse, they wrap and buck. And they tell me that a man made a vegetable truck. I didn't see that. I only heard. Just to be sociable, I'll take your word. I heard a fireside chat. I saw a baseball man. I said, I just laughed and I thought I'd die. <laughs> but I'll be done seeing about everything when I see an elephant fly. Elephant.